Welcome to the Edutech Me podcast. This episode is produced by Ben Newsom, Suzette Bailey, Carrie Benedet, and Jonathan Schack. And yes, I am an AI introducing each episode. The content discusses how AI is being used to help researchers deal with analyzing a large amounts of data, particularly biological data. AI is being used to predict patterns and develop cancer treatments and other drugs such as potential COVID vaccines. Welcome again to the Edutech Me podcast, hanging out with myself, Ben Newsom. We've got Suzette Bailey here. We've got Jonathan Shack. Carrie Benedict can't make it today, but we I know she's here in spirit. I'll tell you what we are, we are doing, though. We are talking about biological data and lots of it. Oh, my gosh. You don't have to be a researcher to realize just how incredibly complex our natural world is and how much data is out there and how much we just really need a little help. <laughs> AI can very much help this. Now, uh, only just recently, says that there's a bit of information coming out how biological data is helping basketballers and drug creation. Who would have thought in the AI doing this? Yeah, well, there's some research that's just come out uh, where some uh, researchers are using what they were using to predict uh, or, or model what the National Basketball Association basketballs would, how they moved and things. They're now using the same AI to predict and uh, development of cancer treatments and other healing drugs or drugs for um, for purposes and things based on how people move. So, but getting it to process really, really large amounts of biological information very quickly to be able to look for patterns and ways to be able to uh, find potential ways they can solve problems that they find. Oh, there's so much more pertinent to us all now than the COVID. And, um, you know, it was my understanding and we were talking a little bit about it in the green room, but uh, there's so much information that AI was used to create the vaccines or in part create the vaccines that are being used against that disease. Um, perhaps is that you could sort of fill us in a bit on that. Yeah, so um, one, of the, one of the reasons or one of the way that we were able to get the, the COVID vaccine, and I know a lot of you probably think that it took quite a long time for the COVID vaccine, but in vaccine development and testing terms, it was at light, you know, uh, fast as fast as the um, as light travels almost speed because normally it takes um, years and years, if not decades, to actually get a vaccine to market, and the only way that they could actually um, push it through so quickly was to actually um, have uh, AI both model um, the the, um, the the COVID um, organism itself or the, the virus and also predicting how it was going to change, but also they used that, the AI to create possible vaccines and did lots of simulations using AI against that, those, the COVID um, virus to determine possible uh, vaccine options that they could then move to prototype and then be able to move it into through the testing. So they were able to go through and test a lot of options with vaccines without actually even making the vaccine itself through using AI to do these simulations. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it, when you talk biological data, when you really think about it, you're truly dealing with scale. I mean, anyone who's done any form of research 
Uh, remember the old style way going to the library <laughs> once upon a time and trying to find the references and the most most the thing most linked to the thing that you're trying to study. Now try and try and deal with a global crisis. Uh, thousands upon thousands of researchers all publishing journal articles rapidly and each one affecting your bit of data effectively and you've got your own data set and it's massive too it's it it's a nightmare <laughs> no then this is where ai truly comes to the forefront big data sifting it correlating it finding meaning in amongst the numbers. And this is so very, very powerful. And it could easily make a huge difference into our not too distant future as we look towards how we're going to potentially colonize the, the moon or Mars or whatever it is we're going to do. All this data matters. And then like, I don't know, it's it's so much out there. In fact, I was having a chat with um, a marine biologist only re recently around fisheries research and just trying to manage uh, just catchments. I mean, you, you might think it's, it's, you know, you go down the local river, Throw, throw a line in, maybe you'll catch a fish. But these things are carefully managed <laughs> as best they can so that you have um, constant fish stock. But the problem is that there's a lot of um, factors that affect populations and communities, different amounts of organisms all interacting in different ways with different abiotic factors. Long rant over, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking yeah. billions upon billions upon trillions of data points. Mm. And our brains might be able to cope with that if we go to a higher level at some stage. But at the moment, we can only do that with the assistance of AI and something like it, quantum mechanics, perhaps. For a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in the case of the COVID example, that we didn't have time. So what what this you know we what we've traditionally done in these large data sets because it's pretty much the same way as we've been is we've taken time to go through them and and work through and develop the patterns and to be able to replicate them and make sure that then the ai is just making it incredibly fast uh, much faster and being able to detect uh changes that we just can't as humans our brains are just not big enough to be able to detect and i think this is where you know and we've talked about this i'm a big proponent for you know the magic happens where when ai and, and humans work together you know get ai to do the heavy heavy crunching of these big biological data sets or other kinds of data sets and then the human comes in and provides the the spark of genius and the uh, being able to you know contextualize it and bringing it together and and i think this is where you know we more and more we'll, we'll stop being robots ourselves or ai ourselves and actually start being you know doing what we do best yeah i'm just thinking of this hyper competitive world within research i mean it is we we, we want we like to think of it as being um you know we're all, all in together we are for the for the global good but let's be honest research institutions also need funding and they get that through um awesome papers that are produced now imagine strapping ai over the top of that i mean it's it, it, who's is the fastest to the nobel prize around a particular thing <laughs> It's going to be very interesting. Who's got the biggest super supercomputer to make it happen? Hmm, interesting times. Yeah, it is absolutely, and that'll be the challenge. You know, you'll have one university with the most power, and then somebody will trump them, and then somebody will trump them, and and that's all got to be for the greater good. We we trust and hope. Well, that actually makes me thinking that. Uh, all of a sudden, this actually levels the playing field. So you could do desktop research using outsourced computers computers to, to survey the global world's knowledge around a particular biological piece of data. And now at that moment in time of cross-pressing return, you've got the most up-to-date piece of data. All you've got to do is know what to do with it. 
<laughs> and it's, Andy, you've just yeah. spoken about the genesis of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It came um, there's also one of the other university computers. That's where it came from. Yeah. But one of the other topics that we were mm. looking at and doing um, today was around um, democratizing investment. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. It's a large body of data and being able to have mums and dads and people, you know, sort of who traditionally wouldn't be having access to, or researchers in the case of this particular discussion, having access to being able to process large amounts of data very quickly and being able to take advantage of that. And we're all, you know, AI, as you say, is very much a, a, a level art on one hand, but also at the same time, it can also give advantage, um, advantages to other to particular organisations that are able to leverage the AI faster. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's a case of we we've got to be careful in this this era this time of while we're actually people are starting to learn how to use this technology. Hundred percent. And seeing you mentioned finance for a moment, the challenge with these algorithms because they effectively are um, is if you jump on one bandwagon with ten million people getting really interested in a particular stock option, well, that's going to drive the price up a little bit because that's that's, that's demand, right? <laughs> that's going to, it's going to change the landscape. And so I suppose the whole thing is these things are fluid, but at least with biological data, it's about, I mean, if an organism is, is responding in a particular way to a particular stimulus, it's probably going to keep doing it more or less because it's kind of like evolved that way. So, I mean, the good news is that we can actually use that. It comes down to the complex ecological interactions that happened. I mean, a lot of the time, um, I mean, I oh, know it stumbled on an article on it yesterday, uh, completely unprepared for this particular podcast, but I'll see if I can recount it correctly. Um, they're talking about uh, an increase of disease, rabies within India, and it was really determined around the reduction of vultures, <laughs> which um, getting rid of carcasses. And what happened, they increased the dog population. Now the dog population is now hanging out with each other. Now they're spreading rabies a bit more around the dog population and butterfly effect off we go. And this is the thing that happens with ecological um, communities. They move and shift based on dynamics. And uh, this is what big data is about. And this is how AI can be really handy. That's how they restored Yellowstone Park by reintroducing wolves. They the did. came back because the beavers had trees to, to use because the deer were kept down by the wolves and you know, on it goes. So you're yeah. absolutely right, Ben. Um, but I think that um, you weren't sort of being at odds with what we, Suzette was saying with uh, financial because we're organisms too and we respond to stimuli and the stimuli of greed and fear is what the market is. <laughs> so it's just the same. <laughs> it is. It's an ecosystem. Just the same. <laughs> I mean, as you're saying, like, well, you know, on, on the surface, if you said to somebody, um, what's better for Yellowstone National Park, wolves or deer? I would say if you asked the, you know, Joe, um, Joe Bloggs on the street, I'd, I suspect 99.9% .9 of the time you'd get deer. You might oh, get one person who knew the wolves are better. But you're absolutely, um, you know, the spot on about the whole aspect of it's the balance within the ecosystem if you you can't have and it's the same as when they introduced rabbits into australia no one thought that it would be a problem and now then they had to go and introduce a, a disease to kill them and you know and cane toads were introduced like how many ecological disasters have actually occurred because they were trying to fix another one and didn't realize the knock-on effect whereas ai could you know very absolutely help with these crunching of these biological biological data sets of being able to understand 
potential impacts of making these decisions and what's likely to happen in an ecosystem. And I think it's 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 all good for my perspective. I mean, yeah. Agreed. 100%. I, I love it. So what we really need is an AI buddy who can help sift the data for you and give you uh, a good result. And in this case, when we're talking about COVID, coming right back to the start of it, it produced a great result from reducing a global crisis, which is kind of what we want. That's what science does. <laughs> it's very, very useful. So uh, on that, happy note. I hope it's a happy note because they, they did a very good job with it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> listen to the Edutech Me podcast talking about big data this time and how AI can make a difference in biological systems. Hope you have a fantastic day, evening or night. I certainly will. Thanks for listening to the Edutech Me podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to get notified about new episodes.